in celebration of my upcoming one-year anniversary on the BHL Network Breaking Into Show, we're doing another Greatest Clips next. You are tuned in to Black Hollywood Lives Breaking Into. hustle for you guys. That's right. You know I hustle. You guys who know me know that I hustle. Do it. That's right, Lil Van McCoy. Hello, you guys. Welcome to another edition, a special edition of Breaking Into here on Black Hollywood Live. I'm your host, James Lott Jr. And I'm so glad you to join me today. It's going to be fun. Here's my part of the song that I really love. And I could do the hustle, but just right now, I can't really stand up and do it for you guys. But it's do the hustle. Do the hustle. That's right. Now they call it the electric slide now, whatever they call it these days, but a little fun song. Oh my God. Okay. So this episode, we're doing another Greatest Clips. This is the Greatest Hits Volume 2, where I go back and look at some of my former episodes. I've done four. This is my 49th episode that I've done um, with the Black Hollywood Live, because I took over Breaking Into uh, almost a year ago. And so, I, like last time, my version of Volume 1, I go through and show you a couple of things that stand out for me. Now, of course, I had so many special guests, so many great people, so many moments. Between last one and this show, I have, will not be able to cover everything. But I encourage you to go onto the Breaking Into page on Facebook. Go to BlackHollywoodLive.com or Black Hollywood Live on YouTube. Go to Breaking Into and watch the episodes. There's some really good ones. Very diverse guests. I just love every single guest that was on my show. And the ones that are coming up. I have some good ones coming up in October, too. And I'll tell you a little more about that later on in the show. So let's get started. And uh, let's start with the first one where I get a chance sometimes to actually have some of my family members on the show. And I actually want to do more of that because I have some really talented people in my family who are doing things to affect change in different industries. And one of them is a great filmmaker who is just so good and so well-liked. And it's one of my highest, I guess actually it is my highest rated episode so far. And his name is Andretti Dante. His last name is Lot, but he dropped the Lot part. But for for business. Um, but he's my cousin and I'm going to show you a piece of us, of us together. It's because we are two black men talking yeah. about film, yeah. which you don't see that often, first of all, which is great. Which is great. I mean, it should be more often yeah. than it happens. And right now, it's kind of in to be black right now. Yeah. A lot of projects are being looked at because now yeah. African Americans are in. Thank you, Shonda Rhimes. <laughs> Tyler Perry on some level. Yeah. Um, how has it been for you? You talked earlier about the, the uh, name thing. Now you've been in the business world. How has it been for you as a black man navigating this business as a producer and director and editor and all that? Back in like oh seven oh eight, I say like from oh seven to like two thousand ten, it was like like I say I would get kind of just already thrown in that thing of like you're just a black director. You know, or, no, I could feel the, I could feel what my skin color. I could feel it. Like I feel like I was just a black guy doing film. You know, all you could do is hip hop videos and urban stuff. That's all you can do is, that's all you can do. You can't do nothing else. And like it was times where like a person would meet me in person and they automatically be turned off. Like it'd be a Caucasian person or something, they would like say I, we'd be going back and forth through emails, and that was one thing too. Why back in the day too, for a while there, I wouldn't have like my pictures or nothing on nothing. Yeah. I would have like Optimus Prime or like different <laughs> stuff, so they couldn't put no nothing on me. They just had to look at the anything. work. Yeah. So they'll be email back and forth with me, texting and stuff, talking about how great all my stuff mm-hmm. is. Then I go sit and meet with them, and they kind of like you can tell like when I'll come up and talk with them, they kind of be like. Oh man, this is a black guy. He gonna be, you know, they automatically associate you with gangs and all that other type yeah. of stuff. Especially when they see like, you know, the stuff that I was doing. 
which isn't me. Like if anybody knows me, no, that's not me. Yeah. yeah. And so, so there was uh, a great conversation with know, him about uh, that. And I've had talks with other people in the industry where if you have a name that doesn't really bring up anything or a name that people associate with like a different culture. Um, or like for me, James Law Jr. sounds like it was a sound doesn't sound anything to anybody, just a, just a name. Um, I've had the same thing happen where people through email, through text, whatever, they assume one thing that they meet you and then they, they associate you with one thing. Very interesting conversation. It happens all the time, not just in Hollywood, but in other situations. I've had it happen to me at job interviews and things where they heard my voice and they saw my name and thought, I guess, thought I was white. And then they came in and they're like, oh, you're a brown person. So, but very interesting conversation with him. He's a really talented, talented filmmaker. He does a lot of stuff. I mean, he works with a lot of people. And he is more than just um, rap videos or gang movies. He does a lot of great, he loves science fiction things. So he's, he's, he's a good guy. So I was able to talk to him about that. Now, um, I love talking to young people. Um, for this network and for our sister network, Buzz TV, I talk to a lot of people who are teenagers or younger people and going on their lives. And for me, I'm very impressed by how they carry themselves and what they're doing today these days. Some kids are trying to affect change out there. And uh, the first clip I'm going to show you is a, of a kid, uh, Jalen Jones, who I was his first interview, period, TV interview ever. So I didn't realize that until he sat down in a chair. And he's a teenager. And he was doing these videos, this video where he was trying to help fitness for kids. That was his cause. Um, getting kids, you know, off the couch or off their seats and actually just moving around. And he was so earnest and, and, and great. And his whole family is just so wonderful. Shout out to Manzi and everybody's dad and everybody. Let's show a little clip of that one. So, okay, first of all, how old are you? I'm 15 years old. You're 15? Yep. You're an entrepreneur already. Mm-hmm. That's the American dream. It is. So now, when did you first get into fitness? Like, what age do you remember? Um, well, I got into fitness around, like, 12 years old. Okay. Yeah. Um, I saw these, like, Michelle Obama, you know, the fitness program yes. and everything. So yes. then I got interested in fitness. And, like, you know, once I learned about how the obesity epidemic, mm-hmm. I just thought, how can I get other people to get into fitness as well. Yeah, that's good. So Michelle, our first lady, she's all about the fitness for kids. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. So you, now who brought her into your attention? Like, how did you find out about her, her stuff? Oh, I just saw like commercials and plus mm-hmm. my school was talking about it a couple of times and things like that. Okay. Now in your school, you have PE class? Yeah, but um, like apparently there's like, um, they're losing funds. Oh. So they don't do as much like sports and activities like that so well they don't wow so what kind of so what kind of things do you do in PE these days then I mean um, not much not much oh my god so he gave me a little so eye opening concept about that that PE, PE nowadays is not like it was when I was a kid and I was and I was 15 over 30 something years ago uh, it was very different And but I like that Michelle Obama our first lady you see you never know who will inspire someone inspired him to do a fitness for kids and to actually act on it and do talks across the country and put together this DVD, which, little side note, Andre Dante was part of that. So he was a part of that whole price. They knew each other. It was kind of a small world uh, in there. But I'm very proud of Jalen. I look forward to seeing what more happens with him. And I'll have to have him back on my show at some point and see what's going on with him these days. But great family, great kid. Another great kid, many of you may know him from his years on Days of Our Lives, yeah, he played uh, autistic son on there for of Abe and Lexi. 
And his name is Terrell Ransom Jr. He's doing the Amazing Adventures of Gumball, which is on Cartoon Network. That show is so funny and not for kids. It's like for teenager adults. <laughs> I would say that it's on Cartoon Network. It's so funny. Um, and I got to talk to him, and he's also an accomplished singer, guitarist, rapper, and as well as actor. And so we talked to him, too. He's 13. I like yeah, that. Yeah. So I said I like that. Is there a word you think we should say more of? More of beautiful. I feel like that's not said enough. I feel mm. like, and I feel like it doesn't just mean appearance. It could mean like, uh, like a, you have a beautiful soul or stuff like that. So I think that should be said more. Yeah, that's a great answer. Thank you. I'm an adult who never said anything that yeah. not that good. Yeah, that's a great answer. I like that. Thank you. It's it's very underrated. Yeah. And we come from a beautiful culture. You come from beautiful women in your family. You come from beautiful people. Exactly. Yeah. I like. I like that. He Thank did a great you. answer. I asked that question to, to every guest the at the end of the show. I asked them two questions: what word to take out and what word to bring back. And when he said that, we all in the room, his mother, grandmother were there. His his PR person, we were like, that's so wise and actually really beautiful. And his kid is just, he's riding the ball. He's 13 years old. He's riding the ball. And he has great things happening. So I want to show that by just saying that he thought of that himself. And I never, I never prepped them when it comes to those questions. So I was very proud of him when he did that. Now on our show, we, you know, we have fun times. We have great stuff. But there were times we go deep. And we actually, and on my last clip show, I showed you some examples of, of my guests really bearing their soul and talking about um, their feelings. Um, on my next two clips, we talk about some things that are very um, serious and part of black culture, American history, and, and such. And the first one's with uh, director Nzinga Stewart. She's great. I love her so much. And she talks about uh, one of her trips to Africa. We're keeping our grades on. <laughs> they would send us on a trip once a year someplace for like three weeks. Oh, and they wow. sent us to Senegal that year. So still a teenager. And we went to the the point of no return, which was where all the slave ships left from. Wow. And they showed us the line where they said, after you cross this line, oh you can no longer be called by your African name. If someone called you that, their tongue would be cut out because they wanted you to think of yourself as property. Oh my God. You were X until you came here and were named Stuart yeah. or whatever the master's name. That's yeah. You were X until that yeah. point. And I remember consciously crossing the line and thinking, when I go back, I'm changing my name to an African name in honor of them just because I can. Their names can now be said out loud, mm -hmm. and, and there's power in that. So, yeah, that was that was how it all happened. I, um, I, I've been to um, the Caribbean many times, mm -hmm. Eastern, Southern, all that, you know, the West Indies and all that. Mm -hmm. And I saw some of the, the points of entry when they got here. <laughs> Yeah. And very powerful stuff that made me sob like a baby. I mean, just things I saw. I mean, it's like a grown man sobbing like a baby. He sobbed. <laughs> the ugly the cry. energy in you those feel, places. You totally, you feel it. Yeah. totally feel it. And I and uh, for me, that was just like, just like 10, 15 years ago. But mm -hmm. it, it stayed with me, not with changing my name. But now I tell people I carry all of them on my shoulders, but it's not heavy. Wow. I carry them on my shoulders to kind of say that anything that goes on in my life is because of them. That's beautiful. But so, it's not heavy. It's not heavy. It's wings. It is. I just feel like it's always with me. It gives me all teary eyed. But <laughs> it gets but I feel like it's it's really it's it's something that your story is kind of inspiring that you went over there and you were like that that line must have been really profound to see that and then you came back and said, That's it, I'm changing. You know, yeah. and I'm getting teary eyed again just watching that watching that clip with you guys. Um it was just a serious talk about that. Again, about name. It's funny how names really are important. 
And in certain industries, it's very important. It could be a statement. Your name could be a statement. And with Andre Dante and with Nzinga Stewart, it's like there's there's a statement there. And her story, again, like I said, again, got me a little teary-eyed myself, just is such a powerful story about part of our history, our world history, and part of our history as, as black folk. Uh, and I just admire her so much. She's doing great things. And another story was with my girl, who's a, a wonderful dancer choreographer, Millicent Marie Johnny, who um, talks about you know living in Louisiana and talks about what she created after um, Hurricane Katrina. Let's look at that one. We knew that we had lost everything. everything. Yeah. yeah. And I, oof. Yeah. I didn't, I lost my appetite because I didn't know what happened to my mother. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, you know, at the time I was dating an FBI agent thing. Really? Oh, my God. Yes. And he used his badge to get into the city. And that's how I found out my mother was still alive. But had had he not used his badge, I wouldn't have known. And so for 12 days, I was just kind of, you know, in awe couldn't yeah. believe that we had lost everything yeah, couldn't yeah. believe we couldn't get back to the city could not find my mother um i knew she you know she was in a comatose state yeah yeah so it was hard i'm it was sure extremely hard sure. uh my little brother i was the guardian of my little brother okay. at the time okay. i think he was he may have been 14 or 15 okay. at the time i can't remember um you know, we were just holding on to faith. It was like yeah. I, I created this piece called Sincerely Katrina Jones, actually, in response oh, to that. Wow. Um, and uh, it toured with a company called Cleopatra Robinson Dance. She commissioned the work probably two, two years after Katrina. Okay. okay. And it was all about the piece starts off with me blindfolded. So I'm dancing blindfolded wow. because that's exactly what I felt like. You had to keep wow. moving, you know, in blind faith. You had no clue what was next. You know, yeah. and um, Katrina. It's me all misty a little no, bit. That's, it's, it's all such good. A, like, great, what a great. That's it's a great all good, thing, man. Yeah. Like you know, and and <clears throat> you know the way we were treated was very difficult and uh, challenging. Yes. Um, you know, people made comments about the way I spoke. You know, you speak. Mm. You know, really, you seem really educated. You know, just all of the assumptions yeah, about yeah. black and brown people and poor white people mm-hmm. came to the surface. You know, mm-hmm. it was a great um, conversation like with her. She there, um, inspired me again that out of tragedy, um, uh, something beautiful can be born to express yourself and to feel it and to uh, get it out of your system or to bring it to some kind of other kind of art. Art sometimes is born out of tragedy, and it was such just a beautiful story she talks about in that, and, and she's a really talented choreographer and dancer. And, of course, you know Katrina was really something that was really horrible that happened. Um, now, we also, speaking of going deep, we have, sometimes we get controversy sometimes. And I've had a couple of people, only a few people on my shows, where I had comments that were, I mean, there were some comments. And one of them is a returning guest. He's He has been on my show twice, R.J. Bond, and he brought his writing partner, Michael Carlin. They're all about the, the Tupac. We were doing Tupac and Biggie murders. We are about the Tupac murders. And some of my highest-rated episodes, whenever they come on, it's a big deal. People fall in support for them and people who are totally against them. And people have their own theories. Because as you know out there, Tupac and Biggie's murders have not been solved. It's been 20 years. Um, and it's just, and it just somebody's still out there. Who knows? There's all these things happening, you know. And the way album came, a movie came out, and now the Tupac movie's coming out. And I'm sure I'll have them on my show again because they do generate a lot of attention for me. Um, but they really believe in 
their search for the truth. And both guys are super nice. Um, this is from one of their appearances on my show. So, um, so how do you guys feel about Straight Outta Compton? You guys see the movie? You guys... I love the movie. I interviewed Esley Savage, okay. who did the stuff in the beginning. And so now there's a whole talk about doing Welcome to Death Row, a mm. film on that one. Any thoughts on that at all? Do you think it'll be accurate? Do you think it'll be... Because you guys have you guys are in all this journalism part of it. Do you think it'll be accurate, do you think? Well, I, I think it depends on what story they want to tell. Okay. Right. And unfortunately, the early drafts I've heard of scripts come back and they're all milk toast because okay. nobody really wants to tell the real story uh, of what happened. Okay. I mean, we, we start talking about, you know, uh, some of the, the associates of Death Row Records sure. who, you know, some of them 17, 18 murders that they committed and... You know, and you start to really dig into the real story. And, you know, and the other thing nobody really wants to talk about is one of the first meetings I had was with Sergio Robledo, okay. who was also with LAPD. And Russell set that meeting up for me. And he said, you want to know where this is going to lead if you continue this investigation? I said, sure, yeah, I have no idea. Where is this going to lead? He said, this is going to lead to the CIA mm. putting cocaine out on the streets of Los Angeles. And I, I shook my head. I mean, I yeah. thought, you know, and I, I used to look at conspiracy theorists and I used to think that they're, they're not <laughs> they're crazy. Jobs, you know? They're all yeah. crazy. Yeah. But, you know, when you when you get 100 sources yeah. and you start to see that it really did happen, yeah. And is that really the story that's going to get told? Is the right. story they get told really about the are in it? They are in this. They've been doing. They wrote the book. They've been in this story for years. They've gone places that I wouldn't go, and I'm from the hood. And they go to places, and it's just it's amazing what they're doing. That's R.J. Bond and, and Michael Douglas Carlin, who are just they're in it. They're in it for the truth, and they believe what they're what they're finding, and they talk about a lot of stuff. And they're very fascinating to talk to. And I'm sure I'll have them on again um, another time soon. Then we go to some light. How we're going to end? We're going to end these the last part, the second part of this, this show with some fun stuff. A couple of fun things. Uh, one is my buddy Eddie Zamora, who is the Yum Yum Foodie. I find him on all social media under that. Um, he gets to do brand endorsements, and he's a, he's a totally he shows food and and drinks and places all over the country. And I'm just jealous because he gets to go all over the country, and he still looks good. He's like this this tiny and shaped man who just like I don't know how he eats all this food and like looks good. Um, but Eddie Zamora, I'm going to show you a clip of what we were talking about. Foodie, uh, you do wine, you do products. I mean, I, I kind of want to know the beginnings of where all this came from for you. Okay. Well, you, you mentioned earlier that I'm, I'm a host, mm -hmm. and uh, that's kind of the origin of this. When okay. uh, I started doing theater in high school, okay. uh, I played baseball, so I was one of those jock theater people. Oh, how funny. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to meet girls. I, let's be honest. Here. That was the only, and I was, uh, <laughs> didn't, didn't work out too well, but I was, cause I was super shy and had zero game whatsoever. But, you know, life works in mysterious ways. Uh, and... Uh, I started getting into acting. I, I kind of fell in. I fell in love with that. I don't know okay. what it was. Whether okay. it was like I would do impressions of people when I was a kid, oh, or I'd be watching okay. in Living Color and I'd re Living reenact Color. the sketches or something when I was a kid. That that kind of stuff. That yes. that stuff very uh, really inspired me. And then I started doing it in college, and through a series of circumstances, I got an ad in the paper that my mom told me to check out, and it was for some network. By, owned by NBC called uh, Mundos. Oh, yes. Okay, okay. which Why is a bilingual not? network. Yes, and right. at the time, they, I guess they had been on for a year and they were 100% Spanish and they were looking wow. to mix it up. So I went to an audition for some show called Chat and there was okay. a ton of people there and, you know, lo and behold, I ended up being one of the, you know, one of the last four people that did this talk show every day, five days a week, live. And uh, 
greatest greatest experience of my life to be honest um, with you that's so, how I started so it's interesting let's, let's, so let's break it down a little bit it's interesting that you actually one of your first jobs in the business well, you were able to do a bilingual job yeah right especially now where everything's bilingual because yes. this, this was a while ago This was, you said the paper you said an ad in the paper that's how you dated yourself yeah, like, an ad in like the paper an ad in the Miami Herald <laughs> I know yeah, not exactly the most stellar publication yeah, but yeah. anyway yes. I read the sports section and, and uh, so we had a good talk about that and about his life and right. what he does for a living and what, what he gets to do. And you, you never know, I, and on this show I learned this a lot, and I know this in my own life, you never know what job you will take that will lead you to your next thing. Um, sometimes we feel like we get to a, we get a job and that's going to be it. You never know. Or we, we want a certain job and then we feel like we'll never get there. You can. Sometimes there's little detours. Sometimes you just don't know what door is going to unlock your way to that particular gig. And I love hearing those kind of stories. So I had uh, loose ends on my show, and then we had a band that was big in the 80s, of course, and they're still around today. Jane Eugene is just one of the nicest people, and I also had one of her band members, Robert G., on as an episode uh, like a couple weeks ago. And this is from the show we did together. It was kind of kind of fun moment. Let's show that. I yes. just want to say thank you to you, because you really represent everybody that's been loving loose ends for this amount of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is what we've always received in America, and we are so... Grateful. grateful. Everybody yeah, here has their own project. You got Mr. Craig T. Cooper. Okay. He's soft, mellow, jazz, sexy. He's got his album coming Chocolate-y. out. Chocolatey, mellow, jazz, sexy. He's probably gonna be up for a Grammy at some point. He will be. He will be. We have Mr. Robert G. sings with me. He has guy. a project out right now. Yeah. And yes, it's, cool. yes. it's cool. All I ever wanted. Soul Tracks just dropped my first listen. Oh, good. Yesterday. Yes. Yesterday. Yes. I have a house dance single called uh, It's a remake of the Jones Girls You Gonna Make Me Love Somebody Else yes. I know. Oh, that's good, good. Oh, <laughs> this way beautiful blonde over here. I have a song on iTunes called I Love Love I-L-U-V-L-O-V-E so I, you yeah. see, can see, I ain't afraid of having people no. got talent. <laughs> no, they make you look good, right? That's all the point. I think when you raise the bar, it keeps you on your toes. Yes. Right? Makes you do better. Talk about well, people who work together and who, to me, you know, I'm all about the village. You guys who know me, I'm all about the village and that we are all connected and we should lift each other up, which is one of my mottos, which is lifting each other up and sharing knowledge and paying it forward. It was my three things I always talk about. And she was a, a prime example of having this group of people who are artists and musicians who she's not afraid of. She's not, like, jealous of them or afraid they're going to take the spotlight. She's happy to have them around her. And if you watch that episode, they sang several times, and they were beautiful. It sounded beautiful in person. They were singing all these songs for me. And I just, I just love the unity that they have. And that's so important. We need to come together, especially as artists, as black people, as anything, to come together and work together. Like, why not? No, I just don't get it. And one of the last things I want to show you is my full circle moment on this show. I've had several moments in my life where I have full circle moments. And I wanted to show this in my last clip show, and I didn't pull it together correctly. So I believe I found it this time. And I'll explain it in a second. Let's go show that clip. I played that album to death. I just want to tell you, Thank Mr. You. Bachelor's my song. I just sang it to you outside a little bit. That was my. I still play. That song's my iPad today. Yeah, Mr. Bachelor, so, <laughs> you, you should have told, told me. Told me. <laughs> you know you owe me. You owe me. You owe me. You owe me. Yeah. I love that song. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> background vocals. Oh, I can't wait. We're oh, gonna do it. Oh, good. Good. Now you're singing it. We have. Okay, you have to. See, I got a chance to sing a song. 
song, a piece of a song that I've loved for like almost 30 years. I got to sing it to the group in front of them and to the lady who actually sang that song. That was like a full circle moment for me. It was so funny because I did some off camera. I did something couldn't stop laughing. And I had a chance. To, I'm glad I got a chance to capture that on camera. And that's why I get to love get to do these kind of shows because you just never know what's going to come up. And they're great and they're wonderful. They're touring all over the country. If you can see them. They're good. And also the individual solo members have stuff too, and they're great also. And I'll be having each of the solo members on my show at different times. You'll have to stay tuned for that, of course. Um, this clip show, like the one I did before, uh, Volume 1, which you can also find on Black Hollywood Live uh, and on the YouTube channel, is because I'm celebrating one-year anniversary on November 8th, my anniversary of taking over the show, breaking into here on Black Hollywood Live. Special thanks to Dario Christian, who knew this show was right for me because I went to talk to him and he said, I have a show for you. And this is a great show. I love doing the show. And on November 8th, I have a one-year anniversary special. It's going to be an hour and a half. And it's going to be with Adolfo Shabadoo Quinones. Yes, the dancer Shabadoo. Actress Jasmine Lewis. Um, activist, poet, actor, just all around great person, Joe Hernandez-Kolsky. Um, beatboxer, actor, activist, Joshua Silverstein. And actress-producer Christy Ferris. You may know her from some soaps like uh, Passions, and she's also Queens of Drama. So those five are coming in. We're going to sit down, and we're going to have a discussion. We're going to have some topics. We're going to talk about them as six adults that are all out and trying to do things and affect change in the world. And hopefully you'll join us for that one. Stay tuned. Go to the Breaking Into Facebook page for more information on that. And that concludes my I, myself, my Great Sense Volume 2. I love this show so much. I love it, love it, love it. I'm so glad the response you guys have been giving me for the past almost year. Uh, it's been wonderful. The good, the bad comments, the other comments, I'll take them all. It's fine. It means you're watching the show. I hope to do this show for a long time to come. Thank you for watching, and I'll see you next time. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Christian, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us, info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio, Instagram, at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. The views expressed here are those of the host owner and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.